This is Lance Lambert speaking, and this is my Middle East update for October 2012. The Jewish year of 5,772, or the Roman year of 2012, has been a very difficult year. Israel has lived during that time in an almost continuous atmosphere of war predictions, the predicted war always being rescheduled. The latest prediction was for the end of Sukkot and the American election on November the 6th. This has now been rescheduled for spring of 2013, after the uh, Israel's election. Let us read the Word of God. First of all, in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 21 to uh, 24. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's loving kindnesses that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. I want to add to that in the Gospel of Luke in the New uh, Testament, the Gospel of Luke, the words of the Lord Jesus in um, chapter 21 and verse 25. And there shall be signs in sun and moon and stars and upon the earth distress of nations, in perplexity for the roaring of the sea and the billows, men fainting for fear and for expectation of the things which are coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draweth nigh. And I want to add to that in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, in the Psalm 27, Psalm 27 and verse 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. And lastly, I, in the Psalms, the Psalm, very well known Psalm, Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes. This is uh, Psalm 121 from verse 1 to 4. I will lift up mine eyes unto the mountains. From whence 
shall my help come. My help cometh from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The next three years, in my estimation, will be vital and strategic in the fulfillment of God's purpose for Israel. Something huge, in my estimation, in the purpose of God, is in the wings. It is for this reason that I believe the Lord gave me Psalm 121 and those first four verses. The Lord will fulfill all his purpose for Israel. In this update, I will speak about the world recession, the economic downturn, the natural disasters, and the dark outlook at present. Then I will speak about the Arab Spring and its consequences for Israel. Also I will speak about the Palestinian Authority's bid for UN statehood. They want their observer status upgraded to a recognition of statehood and the ongoing ongoing determination to divide the promised land on uh, their behalf. Then I will speak about Iran, the recent penetration of Israel's airspace by a drone. Was it Hezbollah, or Iran, or both? What? Could it, could it mean, that drone? I will also speak about the American election on November the 6th and the Israeli election. We do not know the exact date, but it will be earlier than February. Probably sometime in January. Finally, I will talk about the signs in sun and moon in 2014 and 2015. What do those signs signify? First of all, the world scene. It seems <clears throat> that economic woes have hit the whole world, including India and China. In spite of um, repeated declarations that things are getting better, looking better, the real outlook of the world is dark. The um, very somber warnings just yesterday from the International Monetary Fund leaders 
particularly to the United States and the Eurozone, are not so encouraging. It is seen in inflation, in the rise world over of um, basic food stuffs, the demonstrations, the riots, and so on, we could say much more. It is not only in Greece, in Spain and Italy and Portugal, but also even in Japan, Germany, and the Netherlands. The depth of feeling and bitterness is clearly seen in the reception of Angela Merkel, the Chancellor of Germany, on her visit to Greece. The anti-austerity measures have rendered any Greek recovery almost nil. And one has the greatest sympathy with the Greek people when you have pensions for which you've paid for for years of your life suddenly cut down by 30%. And when one quarter of the civil service is sacked. Um, it's uh, the rising unemployment in all the European countries and in the United States is a cause for real concern. Added to this is climate change. We have floods, we have fires, we have drought, we have great heat, and great cold. Typhoons, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, and so one could go on and on. There have always been natural disasters, but now it seems they never stop. In my estimation, this situation will grow slowly worse whilst the nations support the division of the promised land. It is like the judgment of God on Egypt with the ten plagues, which ended the um, ended with the deliverance of Israel. It is the same with this in my estimation again, that the Lord will not stop until he has done it. Let me turn to the Middle East and say some things about the Middle East. It has been a very hot and difficult um, Middle East. The Arab Spring has resulted in the triumph of the Muslim Brotherhood. In Tunisia, in Libya, in Egypt, and the battle now on in Syria is for the Muslim Brotherhood. It is even in the Yemen and has now started a, a certain amount of problem in Jordan 
which hitherto has been very stable. This is a very serious development for Israel. She is virtually surrounded by a movement banned, which has been banned, in nearly every Arab state. With, because of its aim within its constitution to um, overthrow the government and restore it with a militant Islamic government. Only Jordan, as I have said, seems clear and stable, but now even Jordan uh, has problems from the Muslim Brotherhood. The recent demonstrations in the last days have literally been not a little but huge. The Yemen is the the situation in the in the Yemen is still not settled, and Syria is in a violent civil war. In Syria, it is the Sunni Muslim Brotherhood against. President Assad and the Shia and the Alawites, which are a small uh, sect within the Shia. What is happening in Syria is destabilizing Jordan, Lebanon, and even Greece and Turkey. At present, the triumph of the Muslim Brotherhood seems moderate. For instance, the world media called the winners of the Tunisian election moderate Islamists. Um, President Morsi uh, of Egypt is described as a moderate Islamist. But how long will this moderation last? What about the future? Already in Tunisia, there are very real problems, and there have been demonstrations and much else, and the same even in Egypt. Like Hamas, Iran, uh, and Iran, the Muslim Brotherhood believes that Israel has to be eliminated. This well, let me put it this way. Thus, this whole situation is extremely serious for Israel. But God. There is a marvelous little <clears throat> verse in the Ephesian letter of the Apostle Paul that just has these two words, but God in his great mercy. I remember Dr. Lloyd-Jones preached for six months on those two words, but God. Netanyahu, now I turn to Israel, Netanyahu has called for an election <coughs> as early as possible, probably as I've already said in January. What shall we say about this? The fact is that he has been unable to get the budget through his coalition government and has realized that if he waits until January or February, he's still not going to get it through. So his view is that it is best to
to have an early election and get it over and done with. Israel has been living in a tense and stressful time in the last few years. Will there be a war or not? It's not been made any easier by the penetration of a drone, an unmanned aircraft, into Israel's airspace a few weeks ago. From where did it come and for what purpose? It was blown to pieces in southern Israel by the Israel Air Force. It is now believed that it came from Hezbollah in the Lebanon. Was it a test flight? Or was it reconnaissance? Or was Iran, Hezbollah and Hamas testing as to whether biological or chemical weapons could be carried by a drone and how far they could go? Whatever was the reason for it, it is a new worrying development. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Bibi Netanyahu has been a strong, forthright leader, and one prays for his re-election. May the Lord preserve him, strengthen him, and give him wisdom. Israeli politics are like a minefield. To negotiate the political minefield needs the wisdom of God and the leadership of God. We need to pray for um, uh, Netanyahu and for his re-election. In this matter, I want again, uh, to, talking about the Middle East, to say something about the Palestinian Authority. It is now seeking recognition by the UN as a state, not a member of the United Nations. It wants to be upgraded from observer status to statehood. This would enable them to have much influence in various United Nations bodies. If this bid is successful, it will set in concrete the division of the land, of the promised land, with many fearful consequences. It has been the division of the promised land which has so angered the Lord and brought all the problems that we see now, not only economically, but also um, uh, climate-wise. And furthermore, it will be no guarantee of peace. <clears throat> I sometimes think that uh, we who are Israelis are a little stupid at least some of us because I mean after all we withdrew from Hebron that, that was actually whilst uh, um, Netanyahu was Prime Minister we withdrew from Hebron and Hebron has been ever since a hotbed of militant Islam and of terrorism we withdrew from southern Lebanon, and what did we get for the withdrawal? Hezbollah, 
that has more rockets and missiles than anyone else other than Syria in the Middle East. We withdrew from Gaza, and what did we get? Thousands of missiles and rockets to this day. And now we're going to give a large part of Judea and Samaria to this Palestinian state. I do not believe there is any guarantee that it will be peaceful. And furthermore, it means that every single part of Israel proper will be within the range of missiles and rockets, and I don't know what else. Pray for this matter. I see that the European Union has warned Abbas that his um, quest for um, statehood could lead to very bad consequences. I think so. Then I will say something about the pre uh, Iran. The present situation <coughs> of Iran, you, many of you must have heard Ahmadinejad's speeches at the UN conference, also the non-aligned conference of nations in Iran, and the UN in New York. Bibi Netanyahu's speech at the UN was incredible. He drew a red line to somehow make it clear to everybody just what he believes is a point which cannot be passed. Iran's plutonium production has been going on unchallenged in spite of the UN conferences and the sanctions, and much else. It is true that the sanctions on Iran have caused almost the collapse of the rial, the Iranian currency. It has lost a third of its value in one week. What will it be with Iran? War or no war? Here is another matter for which... We ought to pray. We can see the volatility of the Muslim masses in the reaction to an amateur video produced by an Egyptian Coptic Christian, now an American citizen. The World Service of the BBC actually called him an Israeli-American. And as far I only once, I never heard an apology or a correction, maybe there was, that uh, it could have caused a lot of problem. However, he was in fact a cop. I personally have enormous respect for the Coptic Christians. They have endured some 1,400 years of persecution, humiliation, and martyrdom by Islam. 
Out of that came this video. It is open to question whether it was wise to produce it. Um, I personally think that it needed a more academic uh, approach to the whole problem of who was Mohammed and what were the real what was the real truth. But the fact remains that this man produced an amateur video and it has um, had the most incredible results. Let me tell you, I once thought that Islam was a sister religion to Judaism and Christianity in my green days. I was living in Egypt. I was staying with two dear old ladies in Suez, in the high street, and whilst I was resting in the afternoon um, heat, I heard a huge noise, incredible noise, in the high street. And I went out on the balcony to look, and there I saw a huge, like a great flood of men, only men, coming down from the side to side of the street. Thousands. And I saw in their front two young men being dragged. At that point, these two ladies came out, seized me, I was only in my teens, and pulled me into the room, shut the windows and pulled the curtains. And they said, never go out and watch a Muslim Brotherhood demonstration. Well, I said, who were those young men? They're just my age. They said they're probably cops who have been challenged in the meat market as to whether the Quran is absolute truth and Muhammad is the final prophet. And <laughs> they said, probably they hesitated, those two fellows. That was enough. Actually, they were being dragged with meat hooks through their jaws. One of them died that night, and the other was dumb for the rest of his life. That gave me an understanding of the Muslim Brotherhood and of militant Islam. I saw the continuous humiliation of the Coptic Church when I worked for some years in Egypt with a Coptic movement called Khalas al-Nafus, the salvation of souls. The virtually worldwide riots, burnings, demonstrations and much else reveal how quickly a spark can ignite Islam.
Let me just say something very quickly about the American election. I'm not going to dwell on it for long. But on November the 6th, Americans will vote. It is a solemn and serious day which will determine the United States' direction for the next years. I believe that the United States has been under the judgment of God for a number of years. This will determine whether she will continue in the deepening judgment of God or recover. It seems reasonably clear that the paganization of the United States involves a contradiction of her original constitution and a removal of the reason for her greatness. We need to pray for this election that the will of God be done. For whoever becomes the next president will affect many nations and not least Israel. Now, I turn to the subject that I believe underlies much of my concern at the present time, and I trust that the Lord will help me to be clear on this. The signs in sun and moon. Now, this whole matter can be a field day for cranks, and for extremists. But the fact still remains that in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, and in its first chapter, we are told that God created the sun, the moon, and the stars, and said, they shall be for signs. All through the word of God we discover the sun, the moon and the stars so used. For example, the words of the Lord Jesus in Luke 21, 25 and 26, I've read it earlier, about there shall be signs in the sun and the moon. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. And the prophet Joel, for instance, was confirmed by the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost, in, as recorded in Acts chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. It speaks of signs in the sun and in the moon. These are but a few of many, many examples throughout the Word of God. I said in the beginning of this update that the next three years will be vital and strategic in the fulfillment of God's purpose for Israel. I said that something huge in the purpose of God is in the wings. Let me seek to explain. In 2014 and 2015, there will be four blood-red moons. They will occur, firstly, in 2014, on the first day of Passover, which by the Roman calendar is the 15th of April. 
and on the first day of Sukkot, which again, by the Roman calendar, is the 8th of October. These will be followed in 2015 on the first day of Passover again. As Roman calendar, the 4th of May. And on the first day of Sukkot, Roman calendar, 28th of September. Furthermore, between 2014 and 2015, we have the Jewish year 5,775. And it is a sabbatical year. Now, added to this, there will also be a total solar eclipse in 2015 on the 1st of Nisan, which by the Roman calendar is the 20th of March, and a partial uh, uh, solar eclipse on Rosh Hoshanah. These two days mark first the agricultural year of Israel, beginning with the first of Nisan, and the civil year marked by Rosh Hoshanah, um, or on this occasion the 13th of September. These events are all the more remarkable because they are such rare occurrences. The next time this happens will be in hundreds of years ahead. That they should have fallen on Jewish holy days surely has some significance and meaning. Now, according to the rabbis, and I think this in this they are absolutely right, signs in the sun are for the Gentiles or for the nations, and signs in the moon are for Israel. Which means that God is saying something about Israel seeking to gain attention about something that he is about to do or is doing, and secondly, something to do with the nations. To all of this, if it has not convinced anyone, by the way, you can check this with NASA, and you will find it absolutely correct. Furthermore, I have a book in my library which gives every single day from the last day of of the 19th century, 1899, right the way through to the 21st century. And the extraordinary thing is that I've checked every one of these dates because it has on one side the Roman year and on, on, next to it 
is the Hebrew year. So I've checked every one of these things. It's not hearsay, uh, but is it, it is fact. Now I want to say something more. To all of this, we must add another <clears throat> sobering fact. The last time there were two blood-red moons on two following years, that is four blood-red moons, were not hundreds of years ago. But in 1949 and 1950, in other words, 1948, on the 14th of May on the Roman calendar, was the declaration of the independence of Israel. Almost immediately the war of independence began. Five Arab armies attacked Israel, three of them trained by the British. The Yeshuv, the Jewish settlement at that time, was only hundreds of thousands, six, seven hundred thousand. They had one propeller, one plane with a single propeller. They even created a kind of weapon made of tin cans, which made a colossal noise when it was fired, called the Davidka, which made the Arabs think that we had a secret weapon in our hands. And we also had the most, a, a very few weapons of any kind. But Israel came out of that time triumphant with far more territory than she thought she would have. Now the most remarkable thing is this. Not hundreds of years ago and not even hundreds of years between that event and the next. On 1967 and 1968 which marked the liberation of Jerusalem and the taking of the Sinai and the whole West Bank, there were two blood-red moons on the first day of Passover and the first day of Sukkot. For this reason, I believe that God is saying something of tremendous significance. Um, there, the, these two events were mammoth prophetic events prophecies fulfilled so much of God's prophetic word is centered on these two events if as I have said these are huge, significant prophecies which have been fulfilled in the recreation of the State of Israel on the 14th of May 1948 and the liberation and return of Jerusalem to the Jewish people on the 7th of June 1967 
surely these two, these four blood-red moons, two in 2014 and 2015, and all of them on significant Jewish festival dates, first of Passover, first day of Sukkot, and two solar eclipses, one total and one partial. Surely these events, these signs, must have some serious and vitally strategic significance and meaning to us. It probably betokens much conflict, war and trouble, but at the same time wonderful fulfillment of God's prophetic word and scheme. What could these fulfillments be? Here are three out of others that I underline as possible uh, fulfillments of God's prophetic word. Firstly, could it be the salvation and redemption of Israel, of the house of Israel, the Jewish people? Or secondly, could it be the rebuilding of the temple? This would require an enormous blow that breaks the back of militant Islam. It is an interesting fact that the chief rabbis believe that the time for the rebuilding of the temple has in fact come. Could these um, events, um, signs, have something to do with that? The third possibility is the regaining of the full extent of the promised land covenanted by God to Abraham through Isaac, not uh, Ishmael, and through Jacob, not Esau, and to his seed, whilst there is a generation of that seed on the face of the earth. What I am really saying is that we are entering a period of unbelievable importance spiritually. So all the tension and stress of these last years tends, in my estimation, to fade away. If, in spite of war and conflict, God fulfills, the Almighty fulfills his plan and purpose, his scheme, it's worth it.
And I think that it is an unbelievable um, boon to have been alive in such a period. For myself, I can say that I was just so young when Israel was recreated. I had been told by some Christian clerics that the, that it would never happen. Impossible. And it happened. Then the whole Middle East went up in flames and it still happened. Ten wars later, Israel is still very much Israel. And the same with Jerusalem. They said it would never happen. But the Lord Jesus himself had said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 21, And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. In my estimation, on the 7th of June, 1967, in a war that Israel did not want, the Six-Day War, Jerusalem came back according to the words of the Messiah, Jesus. Well, here we are, facing a world in great distress, great foment, all looking for some superman who will uh, somehow produce a scheme uh, for economic recovery, financial stability, and much else. But he hasn't appeared yet. I don't know what it all means except I have the deepest sense in my spirit that there is something huge in the wings. And we shall see what it is. Don't be afraid, but trust the Lord. Faith is something incredible. It is God-given. When Abraham believed God over the birth of Isaac, he was tested to the hilt, but he believed and believed and believed. He did make mistakes, but he did believe, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So it is from faith to faith that we move in this life. For the justified shall live on the principle of faith. Therefore, we should not be afraid. But as I read in that Psalm 27, it's a psalm all to do with war, all to do with people, nations, peoples, encompassing uh, the psalmist and wanting to 
cannibalize him, eat him up. Well, that's exactly what our situation is. They want to eat up the land. They want to divide it. They want to devour it. They want it for themselves. They're ready to encompass all... I do not believe for a single moment that what Mahmoud Abbas says about it being a peaceful Palestinian state next to us is true. The fact is that our history tells us in the last years, last decades, that uh, every time they have one of these sort of um, collapses on our part side and we give them things, it becomes just a center for trouble and terrorism. The hatred of us is something as old as history itself. Antisemitism is the oldest hatred in the world and the most continuous. And why? Because it has something to do with Satan and he has not died. He's very much alive. Therefore, we have hope now I read that Psalm 27 filled with all this thing about if war should rise against me even then will I be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after all the days of my life that I may dwell in the house of the Lord to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. Listen to me if we are people of one thing we have nothing to fear so let me close by saying this we enter the Jewish year of 5773 or the Roman year of 2013 beginning uh, with uh, January the 1st with faith in God he will once again triumph over evil and darkness and fulfill some further major part of his purpose could there be anything more wonderful